Joe Biden is wrangled by the Easter Bunny while Jill tells Joe when to wave. Democrats begin making preemptive excuses for a 2022 wipeout, and a judge finally knocks down the CDC's mask mandate on airplanes. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Privacy is a right, not a privilege. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, President Biden, there's a big question. Who does President Biden work for? Well, who's actually running the administration? As it turns out, it's the folks at Birch Gold, because how else can you explain the levels of inflation that are now so exorbitant that basically you kind of have to just buy precious metals from our friends over at Birch Gold? Every single element of American national policy seems designed to pump up the inflation, which means you need to defray the risks of that inflation by getting into precious metals. And the people that I trust on that are, of course, the people over at Birch Gold. As the dollar becomes worth less every day, transition some of your nest egg to something of worth gold and silver from Birch Gold because those things are never going to be worth zero. That's right. Birch Gold will help you convert an IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered account in gold and silver. Get started right now. Text BEN to 989898. With thousands of satisfied customers and A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, Birch Gold can help you protect your savings. Text BEN to 989898. Get a free information kit on gold. There's no obligation to get this information. Text BEN to 989898. 98. Again, the people that I trust when it comes to precious metals investing, the folks over at Birch Gold. And as I say, you should at least have some of your savings in gold and silver at this point. I've been telling you that for months. And if you had listened to me, you would have been a lot richer today. Text Ben to 989898. Get started with my friends over at Birch Gold. Well, folks, there have been a lot of questions about who is actually in control of the country because people look at Joe Biden, they're like, he's not really with us anymore, hasn't been with us for quite a while. And nobody really knows. It could be Susan Rice, could be Ronald Klain. Could be maybe somebody else from the Barack Obama administration, or it might be the Easter Bunny. I'm not kidding. I mean, I'm a little kidding, but nobody knows who's quite in this Easter Bunny suit. So yesterday, there was an event at the White House, and Joe Biden started answering questions from people in the crowd about Iraq and Afghanistan. And as soon as he started answering those questions, the Easter Bunny, I kid you not, a person dressed in a giant bunny outfit, like from Harvey with Jimmy Stewart, suddenly was standing next to the president of the United States and actively dragging him away from the reporters. <laughs> and, and so we now have the specter of, I hate to break it to small children who are listening, so just get ready, get ready. Easter money isn't real. So you have an imaginary figure arriving to redirect the president of the United States, the most powerful man on planet Earth, away from the journalists. Here is the video. And we're going to do, this is like the Zapruder film. We have multiple angles in each specific angle. Each angle adds a new layer of meaning and I would say happiness to the situation. Like I would say this is sad, except it isn't. It's really, really, really funny. And there's just no way around that. It's, it's hilarious that the president of the United States, who is in the very early stages of senility at the very least, is now being directed around the White House grounds by a person in a giant bunny suit. That, that is where we are in the United States. Vladimir Putin must be quaking in his boots. Here is here is angle number one. Pakistan should not, and Afghanistan should be All the Easter Bunny, Easter Bunny, and the Easter Bunny starts dragging him. Angle number two. Look at the Easter Bunny. Joe doesn't notice. And the Easter Bunny. Joe's so scared he doesn't know what's going on. And there goes there goes Joe, and and he's like, where do I go now? And the Easter Bunny's like, go this way. So who's it? The the big question of the day is who's in the Easter Bunny suit? Who is it? Because that's the person clearly running the country. Could be Ron Klain. Could be Susan Rice. Or, according to this video, it could theoretically be the angel of death. So there's a moment when you close up on, on Joe Biden's face when this is happening, where Joe Biden doesn't really realize what's coming at him from his right side here. And he turns and is confronted by a seven-foot-tall bunny. <laughs> and he looks as though the angel of death has arrived at his side to take him, to finally take him. Here, here's what it, it looks like. <laughs> oh, it's the best. The moment where he just doesn't know what's coming at him. And then he just looks to his side and oh, it's, it's so good. God. Now, you might say, well, you know, just because, I mean, you'd be a little bit taken aback too if you were just having a conversation and suddenly Easter Bunny came to get you. And you're right, I, I would be taken aback. And also I would not listen to the Easter Bunny, not only because I'm Jewish, but also 
Because why would I possibly listen to a person in a bunny suit redirecting me away from a crowd of journalists? Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. If you're in the White House and you want to get Joe Biden to come over, wouldn't you at least deploy like a staffer? Like to tap him on the shoulder and say, Mr. President, it's time to, not the Easter Bunny. They deployed the actual Easter Bunny to walk over there and grab him by the shoulder and like turn him around and redirect. Okay, fine. And you might say to yourself, okay, well, you know what? We can put that one aside. Are there any other indicators that the president of the United States is no longer with us? Well, yes, actually, thank you for asking. Edith Wilson, a.k.a. Jill Biden, the greatest doctor in all the land. And in terms of the listings of doctors in America, it goes Dr. Jill Biden, Dr. J, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Fauci. And then way down there on the list are, you know, actual medical doctors who, who help people who are sick. So they're on the balcony and they are waving to the crowd. And Joe and well, when I say they, I mean, Joe isn't. So Joe Biden says thank you at the end of like a speech. And you'll hear Jill Biden, who's on a hot mic, telling Joe to wave. Always a great indicator that your president of the United States is with us when he has to be told to wave to the crowd. Here's what it sounded like. Thank you and happy, happy Easter. All right. And Joe's like hesitantly waving. (laughs) That's that's always a good look. Uh. Happy, happy Easter. And then she's like, Joe, wave. And it's like, I don't know where I, where I am. Then it's a good thing he didn't look to his side because the Easter bunny, aka the angel of death, was directly next to him right there. And so theoretically, and just go toppling off the, the balcony like something out of naked gun. So things are going really, really well for this administration, as I guess what you might say. Well, Joe Biden has to be told to wave. And you've just, you don't have to be told to wave. You've been waving away all of your wealth because of Joe Biden's inflation, as I've been talking about. Well, this is one reason to open an Alto Crypto IRA account. So I'm a big fan of cryptocurrencies. I know that Joe Biden is not, which is one of the reasons I am. When, when Joe Biden says something, you can be pretty sure that it is wrong because he literally does not know where he is at any given time. Well, there is a best way to do things. And the best way to get into trading crypto is to get involved with Alto Crypto IRA. You can trade crypto like Bitcoin and you can avoid or defer the taxes. You get into investing in crypto, do it in a tax-advantaged retirement account. Alto's crypto IRA is the easy way to get crypto into an IRA. You can trade all you want without the tax headache. Create an account in just a few minutes. Invest with as little as 10 bucks. There are no setup charges and no account fees. Secure trading 24-7 through Alto's integration with Coinbase. There are 150-plus coins available, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano. There are multiple ways to fund your account. You can make a cash contribution, transfer cash from an existing IRA. You can roll over an old 401k. So, Head on over to altoira.com slash Ben. That's A-L-T-O-I-R-A.com slash Ben. I'm an investor in cryptocurrency. And again, I think that you should put part of your savings in crypto as well. Start investing in cryptocurrency today. Go to altoira.com slash Ben. Things are going fantastically well. This administration is now running the lowest approval ratings that anyone has ever seen since like Jimmy Carter. Okay, he's running lower at this point in his presidency than Donald Trump by leaps and bounds. The real clear politics polling average has him in the high 30s. There are certain polls like the Q poll that has him at 33%. And Joe Biden has not seen the floor yet. The floor has not yet arrived. And here's the thing. The economy is likely to get worse. So the media have to come up with some sort of excuse for this. And naturally, they have. So you have John Harwood, who never let it be forgotten that John Harwood actually moderated a presidential debate, I believe, in 2012. And John Harwood, now of CNN, he has a piece today titled, quote, Biden confronts a host of problems he can't do much to solve. Now, that's always a real bad sign for your presidency. When you take office, pledging to solve a bunch of problems, and then you're about a year in, and your defenders are like, well, in truth, he can't do all that much to solve it, can he? It's like, well, that wasn't the promise that was made. The promise that was made is that we have a bunch of problems. We're going to build back better. We're going to get beyond COVID. We're going to get beyond the virus. We're going to fix ourselves on the world stage, restore American dignity and integrity. And then it turns out that Joe Biden does none of those things and is an abject disaster who's being physically steered around by a man in a bunny suit or a woman in a bunny suit. I don't want to misgender the bunny. And your response is, well, did he really have that much control? So John Harwood writes, there's just not much President Joe Biden can do about it. There's not much he can do to curb inflation. Well, I mean, there, there is. You could spend less money and stop regulating businesses and threatening them with taxation. There's not much he can do to stop migrants from reaching America's southern border. Well, technically he can, since he's the president of the United States and controls the border patrol, or to reduce crime. Well, I mean, to be fair, he could get his DOJ to stop cracking down on local police departments or to make vaccine resistors get shots that would hasten the end of the coronavirus pandemic. Well, to be fair, he could just leave everybody alone because everybody at this point has natural immunity from Omicron. 
But says John Harwood, there's not much he can do to compel cooperation from defectors within his thin Democratic congressional majorities. Well, to be fair, he could, you know, break down Build Back Better into a bunch of skinny bills and get some support for those. But says John Harwood, there's not there's nothing at all he can do to compel it from Republican adversaries who would rather aggravate than alleviate his burdens. I have a question. Since when has it been the job of the opposing party to alleviate the burdens of the person in power? Did Democrats alleviate President Trump's burdens? John Harwood said, in other words, there's not much Biden can do about the heaviest weights depressing his political standing, which has remained stuck in the avalanche warning zone for months. So his party faces the likelihood of a substantial November election defeat that hands the House and perhaps the Senate to the GOP. Biden and his aides will spend the next seven months trying just the same, using the White House bully pulpit, executive authority and international diplomacy. Marginal benefits represent the best they can hope for. Frustrated fellow Democrats insist the administration can get politically healthier with better messaging. That might sound persuasive had the president's party not lost House seats in 26 of the last 29 midterm elections over more than a century. Biden's four most recent predecessors with varying communications acumen all lost control of one or both chambers of Congress in midterms. Opportunistic Republicans say Biden needs to shift ideological directions. They fault his policies for creating the conditions turning voters against him. Yet the White House cannot fundamentally alter that reality right now. So, Argument number one being put forth by the left is it's not Joe Biden's fault because could Joe Biden really do all that much? It really isn't his fault. Then you have the opinion of Charles Blow, the aptly named Charles Blow because his columns are named after him. They do indeed blow. And his column at the New York Times. So his take is that, yes, Joe Biden has a really low approval rating, but that's because Joe Biden is just too nice. So this is always the take from Democrat analysts in the media. Al Gore didn't connect with the American people, not because he was really bad at politics, but because he was just too intelligent for the American people. Now, Al Gore is not too intelligent for the American people. Al Gore is not even too intelligent for the masseuse who was massaging his fifth chakra. Al Gore was never too intelligent. John Kerry was not too intelligent to connect with the American people. That dude went to Harvard undergrad, and then he ended up at, I believe, BU Law School. Just not to be an elitist, but as someone who went to UCLA and then Harvard Law School, if you go to undergrad at Harvard and you up at BU Law School, This means you are a not particularly bright person who got in through patronage. And then if it turns out your entire political career is just marrying ketchup heiresses and then gallivanting around the globe in private jets, jabbering about global war. But the Democratic take on John Kerry, he was just too smart to connect with the American people. Hillary Clinton, just too smart to connect with the American people. Not completely off-putting and terrible. Kamala Harris, she's just too smart. And now we've got Charles Blow, Joe Biden. They can't say Joe Biden is just too smart for the American people because no sentient human could make that case. Joe Biden is barely smart enough for a hamster. So instead, they have to, he's just too nice. He's just too cordial. If he were just a little more edgy. So Charles Blow says, when Politico's Ryan Lizzo last week asked Biden pollster John Anzalone how dire the situation had become for Democrats, Anzalone responded in blunt terms, saying no Democratic consultant would say, quote, this is anything but a really sour environment for Democrats. But what if the issue is not the messaging, but the messenger? Poor messaging may contribute to the problem, but I think the problem is more ground level, a gut level. How do people feel? They feel stuck and angry. They're tired and overwhelmed. And that energy is being directed at Biden. Biden is a decent man. As a matter of course and tactics, says Charles Blow, he strikes me as not entirely built for hyperbole and hype for beating his chest while he boasts. Say what now? Joe Biden is not built for self-promotion? This is a person who ran for president in 1988 and had to drop out because he cribbed a speech from Neil Kinnock, a British politician, in which he claimed all credit for like his soccer playing past or something like Joe Biden is one of the most self-aggrandizing politicians in the history of Washington, D.C. politics. But says Charles, no, 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 you just don't get Joe Biden. He's too nice. He's too decent. It's not part of his character, says Charles Blow. He is sober and straightforward. Joe Biden is sober and straightforward. Joe Biden is your drunk uncle on a bender after doing a line of cocaine. Are you kidding me? It's just that he doesn't have enough synaptic firing to have that level of energy. Charles Blow says America has changed its mood and its mind. It wants a show and a showman to distract from its misery. Biden is not that. And he is punished. He's being punished for not being a huckster. This is perhaps the stupidest take imaginable that Joe Biden was was hired to be sober. And now it's not that he's not sober and he's not good at this. It's not that he made a bunch of campaign promises about restoring American integrity and honor and being serious. And then he proceeded to direct his DOJ to jabber about how small boys can be small girls. No, it isn't that. It's not that he was elected to basically leave everything alone. And then he's like, what if we spend $4 trillion in extra money for no reason at all to build back Badangadu? It's not because of that. 
It's because he's just, you know what? You elected him to be sober and then he was sober. So it's really your fault. Charles Blow says, I hate that emotional connection plays such an outsized role in our politics. I can't deny it does. If Americans can't cheer you, they will chide you. Um, no, it's, it's not because of that. Well, if listening to talk about Charles Blow makes you just want to go to sleep because it's depressing and terrible, let me tell you about all forms. So you already know about Helix Sleep, right? You got my Helix Sleep ad and you, you know that you ought to get that mattress. It's made just for you. Well, now let me tell you, the other place that I like to take naps when I'm attempting to escape my wild children is on my all form sofa. This thing is super comfortable. It is super durable. All form is a company started by the folks over at Helix Sleep and it is just great. What makes an all form sofa really cool is that it is the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. You can pick your fabric, the sofa color, the color of the legs, sofa size and shape. Make sure it's perfect for you and your home. They've got armchairs and love seats all the way up to an eight-seat sectional, so there's something for everybody. And you can always start small and buy more seats later on if you want your all-form sofa to grow and change with you when you move. All-form sofas are also delivered directly to your door. In the past, if you wanted to order a sofa, you'd need to hire someone to come and assemble it in your home or break your back trying to put it together yourself. All-form has simple, quick assembly, no tools needed. It's great. It's easy to set up. It's modular, so you can keep expanding it as your family grows. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash Ben. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it, which is more than three months. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They've got a forever warranty, like for all time. Allform right now is offering 20% off all our orders for our listeners at allform.com slash Ben. That's allform.com slash Ben for 20% off all orders. You're going to love the sofa. Okay, and then you have another opinion from Elizabeth Warren. So Elizabeth Warren's opinion is that the reason that Joe Biden is failing is not because he has succeeded in his agenda. It is because the Democrats have not passed enough radical policy, which is always the sort of AOC Elizabeth Warren view. If only they had done more socialism, then people would have loved what they've already done. So Elizabeth Warren, such a failure of a candidate that she lost to this jabbering old man. Remember, Elizabeth Warren was one of the frontrunners going into 2020. And then she was such a bad candidate that she ended up blown off the stage by Kamala Harris, who ended up being blown off the stage by herself because she's horrible at this. So Elizabeth Warren has a piece in the New York Times blaming the Democrats for not passing enough bad legislation. Quote, Democrats are the party of working people. Well, that's weird because working people hate your guts. It turns out you're the party of a bunch of college-educated single white women and then some minority voters who you can cudgel into place. Ahead of the 2020 election, says Elizabeth Warren, we advanced ideas and plans we believed would, in ways big and small, make our democracy and our economy work better for all Americans. Across this country, voters agreed with us and gave us a majority in Washington so we could deliver on those promises. I love the idea that Joe Biden was given a mandate to do radicalism. Nope, Joe Biden was given a mandate to be exactly what he was, a dead person. Joe Biden's entire mandate when he was elected in 2020 was lie in the basement the way you have for the past several months and occasionally get up to poop. That's pretty much what we want from you. And instead, what Joe Biden gave us was kind of Bernie Sanders light. And Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema were like, yeah, we're not doing that. But says Elizabeth Warren, the big flaw here is that Democrats need to do more of the inflationary stuff. Remember, Elizabeth Warren, who used to be kind of an interesting politician and thinker back in the early 2000s, and then turned to the radical left and tried to steal Bernie Sanders' car. Now she says, Democrats win elections when we show we understand the painful economic realities facing American families and convince voters we will deliver meaningful change. To put it bluntly, if we fail to use the months remaining before the election to deliver on more of our agenda, Democrats are headed toward big losses in the midterms. Time is running short. We need to finalize a budget reconciliation deal, making giant corporations pay their share to fund vital investment in combating climate change and lowering costs with families which can only be done with 50 cent votes. Yes, nothing says what the American people want is more government spending and more inflation. And also what they really, I, I know, I mean, if I know Americans, what Americans are really concerned about in the middle of a four-year inflation spiral is what can we do about climate change, a 100-year problem? What can we do? And says Elizabeth Warren, she believes we should do this with the president's executive authority. She says, it's no secret, I believe we should abolish the filibuster. But if Republicans want to use it to block policies Americans broadly support, we should also force them to take those votes in plain view. So good luck to the Democrats. The competing theories of why Joe Biden is completely destroying himself here. One, Biden can't do anything because nothing is his fault. Two, Joe Biden could do something, but he's just too nice and too decent to do something. And the American people are angry for him. Adam, Adam for that. And three, Joe Biden needs to do more in terms of left-leaning policy. So uh, yeah, all those theories are bad. The reason that Joe Biden is unpopular right now is because he's a crappy president. I know this is a confounding theory to a lot of our 
genius political minds out there. Perhaps the reason he's at 33% after entering office at 60% is because he is a dumpster set on fire, piled atop several other dumpsters set on fire, piled atop a landfill set on fire, piled atop a giant pile of manure, piled atop a dead turtle. Maybe it's because of that. Let me just put that out there. Uh, Now, what is my evidence for my proposition that perhaps Joe Biden is just bad at this? So my evidence is all the things. So why don't we begin with the fact that Joe Biden and the White House yesterday, literally yesterday, they were still suggesting that you need to be masked up on planes. Now, the American people are done with this crap. We've been done with this crap for months. Here in Florida, many people were done with it by like summer of 2020 if they were young and healthy. For me and my family, we moved here in October of 2020 from California, a state that has fallen apart, my original home state, to my far superior new home state of Florida. And when we got here, we were still careful because my parents are 65. We didn't want them getting COVID. And so we still masked up and we were still a little bit careful about social distancing. And then the vaccines became available. And then once the vaccines were available, we were done. Just like most Americans, once the vaccines were available, finished, finito, done. Because the vaccines were now protective against what we cared about, serious disease, hospitalization, and death. So that was like February, March, 2021. I checked my calendar and I may not be some sort of physics expert, but my calendar says that today is April 19th of 2022, which means it has been more than one year since vaccines were widely available to the American public. And this administration is still telling two-year-olds they need to mask up on planes. So yesterday, this came up at the White House press conference. And the reason it came up at the White House press conference is twofold. One, the Biden administration is still maintaining that the CDC should force small children to mask up on planes, which by the way, were never a chief factor of transmission because the HEPA filters and airflow on planes make it difficult to actually acquire COVID on a plane. And at the same time, the CDC was being urged by the administration to drop Title 42, which was preventing illegal immigrants from crossing the border because of COVID. So the idea was COVID, not dangerous enough to stop illegal immigration, so dangerous we have to mask up your two-year-old between bites of popcorn on a flight. Well, we've all been suffering with wearing masks on planes for no reason at all, because frankly, the people at the CDC are really, really bad at their jobs. And so I'm hoping that at some point in the future, they'll upgrade the employees over at the CDC. Well, if you're trying to upgrade the employees at your company, you need to work with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter will allow you to use their matching technology to help you find the right people for your roles fast. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter uses powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. Then it proactively presents these candidates to you. You can easily review these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job. And that encourages them to apply even faster. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site in the United States based on G2 ratings. ZipRecruiter's tech is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Go check them out right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. You can try it for free. Get the best employees available. Not only is it a way for me to keep my own employees in terror because they know at any moment I might list their job on ZipRecruiter.com. It also means that as our company grows, we can get great new people at ZipRecruiter. So you should do the same. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Now, the White House is wildly out of touch with the American people on this thing, like super out of touch with the American people on this thing. And when you listen to the White House talk about this, it is very obvious that they are completely out of touch with the American people. They have no rationale for it. It's about pleasing their, their left-wing base and the COVID forever crew in New York and New Jersey and the Beltway in D.C., who are afraid of COVID in in bizarre, cultish fashion. So yesterday, Jen Psaki was asked about this. So she was asked, why is it that the White House press room isn't masked, but planes are? Because it turns out the airflow in the White House press room is way worse than it is on planes. No HEPA filters in there. And here's what Jen Psaki had to say. Why is it that we can sit here in the White House briefing room with no masks, but people can't sit in an airplane cabin? with no masks. Well, Peter, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor that I'm aware of. If you're a doctor, I wasn't aware of that today until today. Okay, not a doctor. Just making sure. I don't know. I mean, what if he self-identified as a doctor? Then apparently the White House, I mean, he could be a doctorate in like phys ed. After all, worked for Joe Biden. He could have said he was a doctor. He was a doctor of journalism. I'm a Juris doctor and I went to law school. So why not? By the way, I love the, we will only listen to doctors on this score. Really? Will you? I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. But you should definitely listen to Joe Biden, who's also not, not a doctor. 
on, on whether you need to mask up in the White House. But the answer is she has no answer to this particular question. And then she's asked by a member of the compliant media, NBC's Kelly O'Donnell, about what the White House is going to do about the fact that yesterday, in a giant piece of news, a Florida judge struck down the CDC ban on non-mask wearers on planes. So a federal judge on Monday ruled that the U.S. mask mandate for planes and other travel was violative of the separation of powers because she said that the CDC did not have the power to do this. According to the Associated Press, a federal judge in Florida struck down a national mask mandate on airplanes and mass transit on Monday. Airlines and airports swiftly began repealing their requirements that passengers wear face coverings. Now, this is a good thing. Okay, I've traveled on a plane in the recent past. It is a miserable experience. It is incredibly stupid. Everybody knows it's stupid because nowhere else in American society is anyone masking up anymore. And so it's a source of great frustration because you basically have, it depends on, on your flight attendants on the flight, whether you have the hall monitor flight attendant who walks down and asks you to pull up your mask between bites. This has literally happened to me. I'm eating like popcorn and they'll say, well, between bites, you need to put up the mask or mask up your two-year-old because I have a two-year-old. It's obnoxious. Or you might have a Florida-based flight crew and they're like, what, we'll do whatever you want. No, no one cares. Okay, but the judge said, this is outside the scope of the CDC's jurisdiction at this point. According to the AP, the judge's decision freed airlines, airports, and mass transit systems to make their own decisions about mask requirements, resulting in a mix of responses. The major airlines immediately switched to a mask optional policy, with some eliciting cheers from passengers when the changes were announced over loudspeakers. The TSA then said that it would no longer enforce the mask requirement. Airports in Houston and Dallas almost immediately did away with their mandates after the TSA announcement. But New York City's public transit system, of course, planned to keep its mask requirement in place. The Washington Metro Area Transit Authority said it would make masks optional for riders on its buses and trains. The Association of Flight Attendants has taken a neutral position on the mask rule because its members are divided about the issue. According to union leader Sarah Nelson, she said it takes airlines between 24 and 48 hours to put new procedures in place and tell employees about them. She said passengers should check with airlines for updates about travel requirements. But there are a bunch of videos that were emerging yesterday of people who are on planes. And this was announced over the loudspeakers. And there were cheers that went up. People were giving, being given free drinks on planes because everybody understands not only was this federal overreach, it happened to be extraordinarily stupid policy. The decision was by a U.S. District Court judge named Catherine Kimball Mizell in Tampa. She was an appointee of former President Trump. The media immediately leapt into action to point out that because she was a Trump appointee and also young, this meant she was bad. So, you know, good idea, Democrats. Definitely lecture the young female judge. Might you mansplain to her why the CDC has the power to mandate ad infinitum the use of masks on planes, but not on the border. This judge said the CDC improperly failed to justify its decision and did not follow proper rulemaking procedures that left it fatally flawed. In a 59-page ruling, Mizell said the only remedy was to vacate the rule entirely across the country because it would be impossible to end it for a limited group of people who objected in the lawsuit. The judge said a limited remedy would be no remedy at all, and courts have full authority to make a decision like this, even if the goals of the CDC are laudable. She said, quote, because our system does not permit agencies to act unlawfully, even in pursuit of desirable ends, the court declares unlawful and vacates the mask mandate. The DOJ immediately declined to comment. The CDC also declined to comment. The White House came out and said that the mask order is, quote, not in effect at this time. Jen Psaki said this is obviously a disappointing decision. The CDC recently extended the mask mandate, which was set to expire on Monday until May 3rd, for no apparent reason at all. Tampa International Airport officials released a statement on Monday saying, quote, it is aware of today's federal ruling, is awaiting further direction from the TSA. So, what is happening right here? What's happening is that the White House got caught with his pants down. Instead of taking the lead and saying, you know what? We're done. We've moved on. I mean, it's, it's amazing how they're boxed in by their own stupidity. Instead of them saying, listen, look, the country's free. We should move on with our lives. Instead of them celebrating this, they've taken the position that they must never let this go. And they've been forced into it by a judge. So we should all remember that. I mean, yesterday at the White House, Jen Psaki was still suggesting that the reason they needed the mask mandate was to prevent violence on planes. No, you know why people are getting mad? They're getting mad because you're telling them they have to mask up their small children. I was talking with a person, I'm on a Passover program, and I was talking with a, a person who was here, and he was saying he flew down from New York, and he and his family were taken off a flight because they have a three-year-old who happens to be autistically oriented, who didn't want to wear the mask, and the flight attendant was getting very angry at the kid. And when the parents apologized, the flight attendant was very snooty about it, and they removed them from the plane. You wonder why people are mad? It's because they don't like complying with idiotic policy that makes no sense. But Jensaki says it's all about minimizing the violence, forcing people to wear masks. 
Uh, back on the mask issue, as the debate is going on about next steps, yeah. is there any concern in the White House that this issue, now that there are some Americans who are aware of this <clears throat> ruling by the Florida judge, that it could prompt some of the tensions we've seen on airplanes in recent months until there's a resolution? Yeah, uh, Kelly, it's a great question. Obviously, what we're trying to do, what we would encourage is calm in all cases. And because this ruling just came out this afternoon, I know the objective of everybody involved and all the necessary authorities and government is to make a determination about next steps as quickly as possible. So uh, that's certainly our hope, and, and we want to do everything we can to prevent so that's that. the reason. The reason that they wanted the mask mandate and they wanted to do it, quote-unquote, gradually is to minimize the violence. Again, they're so out of touch with the American people. And it's on every single issue. COVID just happens to be the most obvious issue. Like, if you look at the polls right now, if you asked a year ago, what is Americans' top issue is COVID? If you look right now, Americans care less about COVID than they do about pretty much anything except for string theory. Like, they, they, they don't care about this at all. And the reason they don't care about it is because they're back to work. They're back to school. No one they know is dying of Omicron because people weren't dying of Omicron in mass numbers. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is, there's one asset that has withstood famine, war, political, and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold, and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. So... The White House taking this position, it's because they're so in the echo chamber, they're so disconnected. That's the reason why they're wildly unpopular, is why they're going to get skunked in 2022. This is true on every single issue. So yesterday, for example, the, the Biden administration, via Jen Psaki, she came out and she refused to apologize for smearing border agents. So you remember, months and months ago, there was this story that Border Patrol was, quote unquote, whipping Haitian immigrants. And there were a bunch of Haitian immigrants. They showed up on the southern border and they were trying to run away from Border Patrol agents. They were crossing the Rio Grande and the border agents were chasing them down with horses because this is what they do. And there's a picture of a member of Border Patrol taking the reins and using it to direct his horse, which is what you do when you ride a horse. I may not know much about the horses, but I know that. And the Biden administration immediately jumped into action to falsely accuse these Border Patrol agents of whipping migrants. The White House came out and said it was suggestive of slavery. Because the migrants were from Haiti, which means that many of them are black, and the Border Patrol agents were not black. And so it must have been, it was just like slavery. Because the one thing that we know about American slavery is that slaves were desperate to get into the place where the slavery was happening. That was just their thing. It makes no sense at all. It turns out, of course, after a long investigation, it was supposed to be a quick investigation. It was not. It took months. And then finally, they quietly released the result, which turns out, of course, as we all knew immediately, that there was no whipping of migrants on the border. Jen Psaki was asked if the White House wished to apologize to the border agents. Her answer was, of course not. Why would we apologize? We've been told that the mounted Border Patrol officers the president accused of whipping migrants have been notified they will not face criminal charges. You accuse these officers of brutal and inappropriate measures now that they've been told they will not be criminally charged. Will you apologize? And Peter, there was an investigation into their behavior. So that investigation is playing out. Whenever it's going to be announced, the Department of Homeland Security will announce that. And I'm sure we'll have a comment on it after that. I'm sure you'll have a comment on it after that. Can we know what your comment is. Your comment is you don't care about the border patrol. What you're mostly focused on is how many illegal immigrants can we allow across the border. According to the Wall Street Journal, the latest Biden fiasco is his decision to rescind a Trump-era border policy known as Title 42 on May 23rd. The law lets the federal government deport border crossers who claim asylum during a public health emergency. Since March 2020, some 2 million migrants have been turned away under Title 42 authority. President Biden has no backup plan. The decision comes amid a record migrant surge during his administration that is about to get worse. Border Patrol apprehensions in February were 63% higher than at the same time last year. The official numbers for March haven't been released. According to a filing Friday in Texas federal court, apprehensions reached 221,000 in the month. That is the most in 22 years. 
Some 110,000 were deported under Title 42. 65,771 were admitted into the United States. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz told the reporter he expects up to 8,000 crossings per day in coming months. If Biden wanted to undermine public confidence in his pro-immigration cause, he couldn't do much better. His administration is conducting nighttime flights of migrant minors into the U.S. interior, where they supposedly will meet up with relatives. If Title 42 is reversed, most adults who claim asylum will also be allowed to remain in the U.S. until their cases are heard by an immigration judge, which could take years. Many never show up for the hearing. This is an invitation for migrants to keep coming for any and all reasons. Americans can be forgiven for concluding Biden's de facto policy is to allow unchecked immigration without admitting it. How else to explain his administration's failure 15 months after taking office to do anything to stop it? Senator Kristen Sinema from Arizona, she told reporters recently, plans for the end of Title 42 are not adequate. She's enlisted five Democratic co-sponsors on a bipartisan bill requiring the administration to announce a replacement policy before ending Title 42. Co-sponsors, not shockingly, include a bunch of very vulnerable Democrats, including Mark Kelly from Arizona and Maggie Hassan from New Hampshire. Representative Henry Cuellar, who represents a Texas border district, recently became the sixth House Democrat to declare support for a bipartisan bill to block the end of Title 42. But Joe Biden is not going to block the end of Title 42. So again, you wonder why he's unpopular. Maybe it's because of this. By the way, you, you can always tell how bad the policy is if Beto O'Rourke starts repeating it. Beto O'Rourke is basically the political kiss of death to all policy. If Beto announces he supports a policy, this means it's a, ter it's a terrible policy because Beto's political instincts, he's got the instincts of a lemming follow other, following other lemmings over a cliff. Except in this case, he's leading the lemmings over the cliff. So here's Beto O'Rourke coming out in favor of ending Title 42. Uh, does this guy just want to lose by 47,000 points in Texas? I mean, it, it, it's, it's as though he has a political death wish. Maybe he really liked eating that New Mexican dirt after losing to Ted Cruz. And he just wants more. He just wants to go over there and start, forget the spoon. He wants like a shovel. He's going to shovel New Mexican dirt into his grand maw while he, uh, while he chews down his, his next election loss to Greg Abbott. Here's Beto coming out for ending Title 42. Kick, flick, bomb, rip, go. You don't think it's a good idea for the Biden administration to end Title 42. Why? No, I, I think it's time to end Title 42. Okay. I don't think we should have ever implemented it. It's a very cynical reading of U.S. law that, again, has done nothing to improve public health or safety. Oh, OK. Good, good, good idea, Beto. That's going to work great there. So um, Beto works platform in Texas is what if we open the border and also trans the kids? Brilliant. Why, why are Democrats losing, guys? It's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in another mystery, wrapped in yet another enigma. Well, as we all know, you will never learn anything of value from Beto. But let me tell you who you can learn something valuable from. That is Jordan Harbinger. Jordan Harbinger Show, it's well worth the listen. The Jordan Harbinger Show features in-depth interviews with some of the world's most interesting people, ranging from Charles Koch to Kobe Bryant and Neil deGrasse Tyson. He, he dives deeper than any other interviewers, it is so clear that Jordan really gets in the weeds when he preps for these interviews because he starts asking questions that really you hadn't even thought of. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people and he really uncovers usable pieces of wisdom for you. Every Friday, Jordan also releases a Feedback Friday episode to respond to listener questions covering everything from conventional problems like leaving a dream job to heavy subjects like helping somebody escape an abusive relationship. My personal favorite are his interviews with Yeonmi Park, who talks about her experiences in North Korea. He does a great interview with Dan Carlin. Plus, listening to Jordan goes great with listening to this show because you always learn from this show. The same is true when you listen to Jordan Harbinger. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show right now. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening right now. Again, that's The Jordan Harbinger Show. H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening right now to this podcast. Alrighty, as everybody knows right now, The Daily Wire is rapidly expanding into entertainment. And with that expansion, we need help, like right now, literally. This is why we are now searching for a vice president of business and legal affairs to join our legal team in Nashville as our in-house legal expert on the film and TV industry. The VP of business and legal affairs will manage all legal aspects of the Daily Wire's entertainment content, including development, acquisition, production, and finance, as well as production, legal, and intellectual property work for all of the Daily Wire's shows. The position calls for somebody with 10-plus years of experience in the film and TV industry, because it's a high-level position. It's a perfect opportunity for an entertainment lawyer who's ready to get out of Hollywood's woke group thing. So if you're working for Disney right now and you think to yourself, man, I really don't wish to sexually indoctrinate minors. I would rather work for a company that's not doing all of that. Now would be an excellent time to apply at dailywire.com 
slash careers. Hollywood is filled with people who are looking for jobs like this. So make the magic happen for yourself. Head on over to dailywire.com slash careers to get started today. And you can view a full list of our current openings at Daily Wire as well. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Meanwhile, if you think that the Democrats are not quite out of touch enough, let me bring you their latest on trans issues. Again, this is a party that ran as the sober alternative to Donald Trump's tweets. And then they brought you, what if we spend more money than has ever been created by God or man? Open our borders wide, mask your children indefinitely, and also try to convince your children that they might be a member of the opposite sex. That's a move. It's not a great political move, but I mean, I can't even say it's understandable. No, it's just a bad political move. I mean, I understand why people think you should never be in power again. Meanwhile, they're trotting out Maxine Waters on LGBTQIA minus plus divided by sign, percentage sign, tilde, carrot, et cetera, issues. Here's Maxine Waters, one of, one of America's most corrupt politicians. And she is really, truly awful. A person who once called riots, well, not once, multiple times called riots in Los Angeles an uprising. Here she is explaining how the GOP is evil because it does not acquiesce in the indoctrination of your small kids into the dumb idea that they might be a member of the opposite sex. What we're experiencing now uh, with this anti-gay movement is beyond the pale. Uh, many of them have family members uh, who are gay. Many of them have family members who do not agree with them. And me think this gentleman protests too much. And so we just have to stand up as legislators. We have to resist it. We have to organize. We have to support uh, particularly our young people who are threatened oftentimes by them. And I love the, the sober nodding on MSNBC. I don't know what it means when she says me thinks they protect too much. Is this the old slur that if you oppose the indoctrination of your kids into sexual orientation training by people like Maxine Waters, this is because you're secretly gay or something? Is it, well, what is that? Protest too much. Me thinks you protest. So tiresome. Hey, but the Democrats are pushing this anyway. There's only one problem, which is that by polling data, everybody supports this, this Florida parental rights and education bill. Like everybody. According to the Daily Wire, there's yet another poll out demonstrating broad support for the new Florida law. According to the Golden TIPP poll completed April, April 8th, it finds Americans are nearly twice as likely to support the law than to oppose it. 57% of Americans agree with the legislation. Only 31% said they disagreed. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Joe Biden's approval rating is about 33%. Basically, everybody who thinks that the law is bad as written also loves Joe Biden. Interestingly, a majority, irrespective of party affiliation and ideology, backed the bill except for liberals, according to the pollsters. Republicans backed the bill by a margin of 73%. Democrats, 51%. Independents, 54%. Agreed with the law's parameters. Self-described liberals split. 42% backed the new law. 53% opposed it. So they have decided that instead, they're going to run directly into the teeth of the American public on this issue, backed, of course, by their friends in the media. And this is really their, their last gambit. The last gambit for the Democrats, because they're so out of touch with the American public, is what if we just get our media allies to help us out here? What if they just whine incessantly? What if they try to propagandize on our behalf? So you have a piece by Greg Sargent in the Washington Post that is filled with self, I'd say self-obsessed nonsense, all about how Florida's bill is going to blow up in DeSantis's face. All that is is wishful thinking. I'm sorry, that is wishful thinking. Ron DeSantis is going to win his 2022 reelect by maybe double digits in a state that he just beat, as it turns out, a man who liked both meth addicts and, um, and weird sexual proclivities in hotel rooms. He beat that guy by 35,000 votes in 2018. He's going to win by one bajillion votes this time around. But Greg Sargent is here to assure the Democrats that actually it's going to blow up in DeSantis' face. Mm-hmm. Greg Sargent says the Florida law Republican Governor Ron DeSantis signed last month empowers parents to take actions against defending school boards. But lawyers challenging it now tell me they think liberal parents might use the same tool to wage guerrilla legal resistance designed to expose its true intentions, making it more legally vulnerable. If so, it could help expose the epic bad faith at the, whole, at the core of this whole project, which employs such legislation to foment parents' fears of an army of deviants out to pervert or indoctrinate their kids. I mean... I'm not the one arguing that there's an army of deviants out to exploit my kids. You guys just keep posting videos about it on TikTok. And as we'll explore, the media have gone into rear guard action to protect against the fact that people notice those videos. This week, says Greg Sargent, the Florida legislature enters a special session. A big question is how DeSantis will handle the backlash to the law amid Disney's opposition. 
No, that's not actually the big question. The big question is how the left will handle the fact that so many people support the law. And the answer is the left's not going to. They're just going to try to whistle past the political graveyard here. The glaring problems here, says Greg Sargent, are pointed out in a lawsuit challenging the measure brought by Florida residents and LGBTQ plus IA minus minus sign equals sign backslash colon bracket groups. The statutory terms are vague which along with its parental enforcement scheme appears designed to chill discussion of anything that might arbitrarily be deemed a violation by parents stretching those terms to cover all manner of exchanges. For instance, the lawsuit notes, couldn't parents object to a teacher letting a student talk about her gay parents or letting a transgender student discuss her experiences? Okay, what the the law says is that parents, is the teachers are not allowed as part of the curriculum, as part of classroom instruction to discuss these issues. If a student says something that's not part of classroom instruction, okay, period, that's in the law. But again, this is just Democrats trying to pluck victory from the jaws of defeat. And the biggest issue here is that as the left is exposed for what it is, as the radicalism is exposed, and as they become more unpopular because of that radicalism, finally, you have the left's last gasp. And the last gasp of the left is we will attack anybody who exposes this stuff. Which brings us to the execrable Taylor Lorenz. So Taylor Lorenz is a garbage heap. She's a horrible reporter at the New York Times. She's 87 years old, pretending to be a millennial. And she spends all day on Twitter and TikTok trying to track down the thoughts of 15-year-olds. She's pathetic. She's a horrible reporter. And not only is she a horrible reporter, she's a whiny, whiny reporter. So she went on MSNBC to complain about the fact that she spent her entire career trying to basically dox, uncover, and destroy people online she doesn't like personally. So she was on MSNBC beginning of April complaining about how she was suffering from people were so mean to her. They were so mean to Taylor Lorenz. It was so terrible. Here she was in the beginning of April. I've had to remove every single social tie. I had severe PTSD from this. I I contemplated suicide. It got really bad. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating. You're the worst people on the internet. You, Taylor Lorenz, are the worst people on the internet. All of them combined is Taylor Lorenz. How do I know this? Okay, there's an account on Twitter. It's called Libs of TikTok. All libs of TikTok does is it juxtaposes old tweets by liberals on TikTok with their new tweets. So during the Trump era, they'd be like, judges overruling Trump is great. And then two years later, like, judges overruling Biden is terrible. That's all libs of TikTok is. Also, post videos on TikTok, from TikTok, of, of leftists talking about how they wish to indoctrinate your kids in sexual orientation and gender theory, for example. And this account has become popular because it exposes to light people on the left and what they say. So Taylor Lorenz tracked down the person behind the account, went and knocked on her door, and then knocked on the door of all of her relatives. Because how dare there be an account that just basically retweets people on the left? And as it turns out, the person behind the account is an Orthodox Jewish mother. And this makes her very, very bad. This is very bad because she's anti-gay, you see, libs of TikTok. According to The Washington Post ran a several thousand word story by the execrable Taylor Lorenz on this quote. Libs of TikTok gained more prominence throughout the end of the last year, cementing its spot in the right wing media outrage cycle. Its attacks on the LGBTQ plus community also escalated. By January, Rachel's page was leaning hard into groomer discourse, calling for any teacher who comes out as gates their students to be, quote unquote, fired on the spot. Her anti-trans treats went especially viral. I mean, this is. I'm, I'm sorry, this is absurd. So you're now tracking down and attempting to uncover the identity of people who are just tweeting stuff on the internet that you don't like. This is your th- this is your job. Okay, so basically the media are now the intimidation thug wing of the Democratic Party. Say something that, you, that, that they don't like and they will come after you. They'll try to destroy your business. They'll try to destroy your life. Here's the thing, it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work because Democrats are going to lose. They're gonna lose badly in 2022. And people like Taylor Lorenz are gonna be laughed off the stage of American politics as well they should be. And when you mention Taylor Lorenz, she's gonna say, oh, I'm so sad. People are being mean to me. Yeah, you know why they're mean to you? Because people are just doing to you what you have done to others. Okay, you are the worst person on the internet. You're a terrible human. Okay, and the fact that other people on the internet have been looking at the stuff that you have said and they've used that against you, that's called what you do. So how about this? Stop being the worst person on the internet and maybe people will be less critical of you. But again, if the Democrats' playbook here is we are going to embrace all sorts of crazy radical policy and our only tactic to prevent the backlash is to deploy Taylor Lorenz to uncover the identity of libs of TikTok, good luck with that. All you're underscoring is the fact that you're completely out of touch with the American public. All you're underscoring 
is that the means that you deem necessary in order to shore up your own stupid ideas, those means are really ugly and nobody's into them. Alrighty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content coming up soon is the Matt Wall Show airing 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about the Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our production manager is Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Crand. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Matt Wall Show, passengers rejoice as a judge strikes down the CDC mask mandate. This news has provoked yet more delicious leftist tears, but there's an important lesson we can also take from all this. We'll talk about that today. Also, Americans have wondered for the past two years who is really running the White House. Now we know it's the Easter Bunny. And a Washington Post reporter cried about being doxxed and harassed and then proceeded to dox and harass the anonymous person behind the libs of TikTok account. We'll talk about all that and more today on the Matt Walsh Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 